Welcome to Mixed Company. Bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome one, to Mixed Company. Three, one, two, three, you guys. Welcome to Mixed Company yes. Podcast. Welcome back. We've made it to the end of Black History Month, um, otherwise known. Shout out to Nicole Hannah-Jones for giving us this. The end of Reparations Month. So yes. shout out to all of you that have been able to celebrate in your most authentic way. Uh, we've made it to, the. Tw- I think today's the 26th. Yes. Saturday's the 29th. It's a leap year. I hope everybody went out and did all kinds of great things by the time you hear my voice. Yeah, this feels like a sprint. I wish people would spread out their Black History Month programming so it's not all in one week because I'm very tired. Right or at now. least hopefully I got my steps in. I mean, just getting <laughs> from one event to the other every dinner. Um, shout out to all of the Black-owned businesses that have been super welcoming to a lot of the programming that we did at WPP. Uh, we had Sweet Chick involved. Negril Village uh, was there today, and that went fast. I don't know how you give anybody a pan of of 60 pieces of plantain and expect 100 people to actually feel satisfied. Oops. Someone had the nerve to tell me, oh, this, is a, this was a great appetizer. Sis, oh. you can go buy a hoagie. <laughs> you can go buy a hoagie. You this are welcome. This is not the cookout. <laughs> <laughs> We've made it, and we're super, super, super excited. Um, We're actually recording live from the Advertising Club of New York's uh, annual Icons, Rockstars, and Innovators programming. As you already know, me and Simeon are here to receive the honor of being a part of the Innovators list. But we are sitting here. I know, right? (laughs) We've done things. Listen, my my whole mother is proud. God bless Sonia. You did things, sis. You did things with your kids. Thank you. But we're actually sitting here with one of the icons that will be celebrated today. The amazing, the legendary, and of course, the fashionably on point, Miss Monique Nelson, how are you? I'm wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much, you guys. This welcome, is awesome. Welcome. I'm so happy to be here. I'm even more happy to have you here. So I was telling Monique briefly before we got started that we actually uh, were hoping to be able to interview her last year during this presentation, but schedules, lives, 50-year anniversaries, <laughs> yes. lots of things were happening. Yes. Um, but the way my ancestors work and my Jesus works, here we are an entire 365 days later, and we have the opportunity to have you on the show. So yes. welcome. Welcome, welcome. welcome. Thank you, thank you. And I'm a, so proud to yeah. be honored with you guys tonight. Oh, so. man, that means a lot. <laughs> Please good, spread the awesome. news. We're in good company. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll, we won't cuss as much today. We'll, 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 we'll save that for the next show. You don't show. have to worry about me. I'm good. My kids are home. <laughs> oh, man. So for those of you that don't know, Monique is the chair. chair. Do you prefer chairman, chairwoman, chairperson? I just, I just say chair. chair. The chair, chair. NCEO, <laughs> and head person in all of charge at Uniworld Group, um, which is formerly known as Uniworld, correct? We actually use them both. Okay. Uniworld and UWG. You know, you start with Uniworld and then UWG is always easier to just write it. Lovely. You know, easy to do that. But we, we always pay homage to Uniworld as Amazing. It was. 
And for those of you that are also into pop culture, as you know, that Uniworld group is also the uh, inspiration. inspiration for one of our favorite movies, Absolutely. that of Boomerang. That's yes. right. I heard someone today say, Marcus, and I must out <laughs> laughing. So you are, you are, are, are you like the official Robin Givens? Are you Robin Givens I, you know, of, of the whole I, thing? I, I, I don't go there, but, <laughs> okay. um, you know, I dare not. We've evolved. We've evolved a bit. Okay. Um, but Marcus is, uh, it has a very special place in our heart. And Byron was always known for appreciating beautiful people. Okay, well, there yeah. it is. So one of the things that's amazing about uh, Uniworld Group is that you guys are not only the longest standing multicultural agency, can you confirm for me if that's in the world or in the United States? I would probably say in the world. I don't well, know anybody sheesh. that was really thinking about these audiences in 1969 anywhere yeah. else in the world. So. I mean, who else to think about it but us, that's right? right. <laughs> yeah. that's you know, the crazy thing is I ran into Byron a few weeks ago at the MoMA um, for a documentary about the National Black Convention of 1972. And I realized that he was a person who was like behind all of the, the media and marketing is like, oh, there's there's a lot of history here to be celebrated, especially now in Black History Month. Um, like he's a part of black history, not just with the ads that he's put into the world. Absolutely. No, I mean, what a wonderful organization that brought things like ABFF to life, uh -huh. right? That was born yeah. out of the world. Um, America's Black Forum was born out of the world. The culture. And those were so important during that time because... He knew he could have advertising, but if it wasn't in the right context, uh, right? The context right context and nuance. That's what we talk yeah. about. We're not just talking about putting it anywhere. We're talking about putting it in context and in you know the right content. So when he didn't see it, he developed it and he created it. So come it's on, making a way out of born, nowhere. Yeah, exactly. we're born of that. We are really proud of that, and we continue to kind of keep that in the middle of, of our hearts and our ethos is, you know, make it if there is nothing there. Amazing. And you also are minority owned and woman owned, which mm -hmm. makes this not only putting things into context, it makes it not only exciting, but also like super impactful in the conversation of inclusion. Mm -hmm. So for those of us, like I've mentioned before, we used to, or used to, we just haven't done it in a year, but we have a program series called for, for, uh, for black women who've considered the C-suite. Mm -hmm. Many of us, myself included, um, have had dreams of running agencies, leading teams, etc. And there's not too many women that we can look to. So since we have you here, perhaps we can get a taste of what your journey has been like and how did how did you get into advertising and how did you become the chair and CEO of, of UWG? Okay, you ready? Yes. I'm ready. I'll try to make it <laughs> as swift as humanly possible. We got time. So it's all about you. So <laughs> good. So um, I actually was part of the in-house advertising team for Motorola. So I zigzagged through a whole bunch of different roles at Motorola from 1999 to about 2006, uh, but kind of finished my role there in the internal agency role. So my agencies were O&M, mm -hmm. uh, BBDO, The Fish Can Sing, Vital. There were all these global agencies that I was working The Fish with. Can Sing. Do you wow. The fish wow. Can I was sing? like, that is back. Yeah. Way back. Way okay. Back. Yeah. So awesome PR. Just, <laughs> you know, some really out of the box thinkers. Um, and worked with them and once I realized that you know I had a life-changing event and was coming back home and this is home for me this is you know New York Brooklyn coming home and I knew at that point I wanted to do something a little different 
Motorola didn't really have a, a place out east. And I knew it was just kind of like, you know, let's try something new. And went to media companies, went to uh, some other brands. And someone said to me, you know what, Mo, you got a little ADD. You just, you want to do something different. I know you how know, that goes. Day. Yeah, you mm. don't really have a little ADHD, to be brutally honest. Uh -huh. um, so they said you would probably enjoy agency life. And I started to kind of interview at different agencies and ran into an old friend at Motorola. And he took me to dinner with the uh, head of HR for Uniworld at the time. And she's like, oh my gosh, my boss is going to love you. You have to come and meet Byron Lewis. So I said, of course, I'll come meet Byron, no problem. I got to the agency and I have to tell you, I just fell in love. It was the first time in my whole career I didn't feel like I had to wear my skin to work. Mm. I really felt for the first time that there were actually people that cared about the things that I cared about mm. all the time. And I loved my work at Motorola, don't get me wrong, but I didn't get that much time to spend you know, in Africa or working on you know, people that looked like me and felt like me. I lived in Seoul, Korea. I lived in Milan. I lived in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And These are really sexy places, they were by the awesome way. They to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I was able to really see the world, but at a certain point in time, you're like, well, what is this all about, mm -hmm. right? And what is it gonna mean to me at the end of the day? And uh, I got to Uniworld and just, saw all of the people and it was just a little bit of everybody it was really awesome and uh, i just remember crossing my fingers like i really want this job <laughs> just, i really want this job like I, I don't know why i just i have to have this job and uh in february black history month look at that look <laughs> at that 2007 i uh, i joined uniworld as a account director and the head of branded entertainment and integration because I could see that there were so many wonderful things that they could be doing but wanted to make sure that we integrated that with what the brands that we were serving were doing are we delivering content in interesting ways are we leveraging digital you know as you can imagine 2007 you know, everyone is trying to kind of figure it out. Like, is the internet going to stay? Yes, it's going to stay. <laughs> um, is mobile going to really catch on? Yeah, it's going to catch on. And this thing that's in everybody's pocket that is probably the most powerful thing, this, you know, the computing power of our phones right now is what sent the first space shuttle to the moon. Mm -hmm. And we should be really, really cognizant about how powerful that is and how amazing it is. And for us and our communities that are underserved, I knew that that was going to be a major portal. Right, it was going to be a major place to connect with us. They always talked about the digital divide. Everybody wasn't going to have a computer, but everybody certainly was going to be able to have a phone. So really, really important that Byron was really forward thinking, and I was really excited to be there to help Uniworld jump that curve and get technologically, you know, ahead of what was going on, and be able to really speak to these audiences as well. Oh, nice. Wow, I mean, so not. You mentioned 2007. Yeah. It's now 2020. Yeah. Um, how do you go from account director <laughs> to CEO? <laughs> because that's that, a job. <laughs> that is the. That's a really good question. People are. are that's are, that's the man. That's literally like people out here looking for like the youth serum. Mm -mm. We also want to know how to do this. Yes. So how did that work out for you? So honestly, we um, I after working there for about three years. 
the COO at the time, a beautiful uh, Filipino woman by the name of Josie Penzis, and I had you know really developed a close relationship. If you're an account director, you want to know the, the money people. You want to understand the operations. Closer to P&L, the more close, power. I get that's it. That's right. Follow the money. Always a good uh, a good rule of thumb. And uh, she was, you know, just kind of saying, hey, you know, what do you think? What do you think about succeeding Byron? And I went, I, I, I haven't. <laughs> like, I, I've not thought about that. And she said, I want you to really seriously think about it. And I think you can do it. I think you'd be an interesting candidate. And um, I really didn't think much of it. Wow. And a few months later, she was like, did you think about what I... So they were they were having conversations. You just needed to get on board. <laughs> right. so I was like, okay, I don't really know what that means, but you know, I said, but if Byron really wants to, you know, sit down and have this conversation, I'm willing to do so. Full disclosure, I do come from an entrepreneurial family, so it wasn't something that was nerve wracking to me. But I did know after having the official sit down that it was not only about becoming the new CEO, it was gonna be about an acquisition, yeah. right? Yeah. And acquiring the controlling stake of the agency. And uh, I've never bought an advertising agency. Yeah, these I don't are, think a whole lot of people words. have. <laughs> I, um, I don't know what that is and uh, did not know what that was, but I do remember leaving that meeting and going into the courtyard of Metrotech, which is where we are now, and I made two phone calls. I called my parents. And I asked them, what do you think about, you know, buying Uniworld? And my parents go, sure, why not? And then, uh, okay. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. uh, and then I called my boyfriend, who is now my husband, and I asked him, and I said, what do you think if I buy this agency? And he goes, sure, why not? What? Everybody's did like, what do you like? Do you want sugar in your coffee or milk? Right. Yeah, sure, like, whatever. Sure, fine, whatever, whatever you want to do. And it was just crazy, because I remember going, Okay, you know, because you want that person to be like, are you crazy? Are you insane? What are you talking about? No one said no. Of the people that I needed to like tell me you're crazy, no one did. So at that point I was like, well, hell, if everybody said yes, then I guess let's do this. Mm-hmm. And I think I came right back up and I said, yeah, I'll, I'm, I'll, let, me, let, let me go find the money. Right. right. <laughs> Let me go the second question: out. How are we gonna pay for this? We gonna like, figure it out. We gonna figure it out. Okay. He will take care of you. Believe me, you put it out there. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a matter of how am I gonna do this, and then what does that ultimately mean? And I spent the next two years looking for funding and talking. I think I had no less than 150 meetings. Just having you know multiple conversations. Who should I do this with? What should I do? How do I do this? But again, we are mi- minority owned by WPP, so a lot of conversations with venture or investors. I really didn't have much leverage. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anything to offer anyone because I couldn't break up the fifty-one percent. Right. So it really became a very tough kind of sell because at that point it was like you got to believe in me, right? Yeah. You got to just believe that I'm not going to lose your money. Mm-hmm. And um, that was tough. And I never did. Literally in my head, I'm like, man, (laughs) my anxiety just peaked thinking about that. Wow. It was it was wild. Just trust me. And we know how that is, even on a regular brief. Hello. You out here asking for VC (laughs) money. money. (laughs) Just give me a few million. You know, we'll figure it out. And uh, yeah, so that um, that took me a while and probably about eight to 12 months in a family friend kind of said, you know, 
this is probably going to end you're going to end up having to get along mm-hmm. you're just going to have to get along like what kind of collateral do you have what kind of you know things do you have to kind of bundle together and figure this out and that's actually the route we ended up having to go was we just went on and got a plain old mm-hmm. bundle your assets put everything on the line cashed in my 401k mm-hmm. did you know whatever stocks we had you know we just put it all on the line and you know god has just been so awesome and that we were able to not only do that banco santander god bless you uh they gave us our first loan (laughs) and um we were able to uh, buy the agency on may 1st of 2012 and we were actually able to repay byron in four years and i am really really pleased to say i'm probably another year away in terms of paying ourselves back so It is a uh, awesome journey. That's absolutely this amazing and inspiring. Is, yes. <laughs> you know what it is? It's the story we don't get. It's yes. a story we don't yeah. get from a lot of people that we speak to. Um, and and not for nothing. I think there's something valuable about being in a space where you do have the opportunity to form true relationships with leadership at the level that you were when when you were asked. Like, so you trying to run this or not? Nah? To be and also to have the support from your family and friends and people around you also say they may not believe in you, but we totally believe in Absolutely. you, and so we're willing to go the distance with you. Um, and I and I think that that story specifically is something a lot of our listeners want to hear because yeah. we don't get that so yeah. thank you you're so welcome yeah. absolutely with um so again you guys have been around uh, uniworld uwg you guys have been around for 51 years yeah, as of right. this year right yeah. what contributes to the longevity how have you guys been able to sustain because when we started the show one of the earlier conversations we've we had was about the divide between total market marketing and uh, multicultural segmentation. And at the time, uh, there were a lot of um, trade uh, trade conversations and podcasts about why total market approach is the best way to go. But you guys have stayed true to multicultural. Absolutely. How has that allowed you to sustain? Well, I mean, I'm just a true believer. I'm a marketer at my core. That's, you know, my DNA. And nothing has ever worked when you don't talk to somebody. Right, like you're, you've developed a product for someone. Someone was in mind. Some, some action, yeah. some behavior, um, was at the center of that. And I can't, and we can't depart from that. Mm-hmm. Right. It, and we believe culture is that thing. Right. And if you stay true to meeting culture where it is, mm-hmm. following how it moves. Right. It used to be ketchup and mustard in your refrigerator now it's sriracha and hot sauce come on like well i still keep french's but i totally know what you mean i also but i also have have chili paste and sriracha yes yes it's all there so you know i hear people talking about jollof rice like Mm. plant you just said plantain that wasn't listen hello so we've got so many things if you're if you stay abreast of culture and you make sure that that's a part of your mix and that's something that uniworld's always been about People will come in and they will talk about you know being a family, regardless of what you look like, regardless of your sexual orientation. And I remember getting there and going, "Wow, this is what the world really looks like." And we just continue to feed that. We are what we create, and I think that's really important. 
Well, how do you guys do that? Because, okay, so yeah. I think we get it, right? Simeon mm. and I get it. I come from a music background. Sim's just being these streets, right? <laughs> um, but the so idea of... So, so The idea and the perspective of culture mm -hmm. seems to... It's almost like speaking Mandarin to some people. Mm -hmm. um, I was at a conference back in December with very senior people, your level people, and it's just me, the lonely director of community engagement, listening in. And it seemed like all of the CMOs and all of the CEOs, they're like, we just don't understand, like, how do we authentically engage with culture and what does culture mean? Meanwhile, you're like, we're just following the culture train. Like, you follow the culture, it takes you to where you need to go. How have you guys been able to pick up on what culture means and how to engage with it authentically? Because we really care about what our people do outside of work, mm. right? Who are you? What else do you bring? Are you a copywriter and a, you used to be a cheerleader? Mm. Are you a filmmaker along with being an amazing you know art director what are those things that keep you engaged outside of work mm -hmm. right are you in your community are you doing those sorts of things and you bring that in mm. right we like to share we want to do our thanksgiving potluck is like everybody right i was asking thomas the other day, i said oh y'all actually eat each other's food there's we no, do we I do like, nobody has nobody got cats on the stove well, while you're well, there's always one there's always a couple people that you're like i don't know if i'd eat it's don't touch that don't potato touch salad that, touch that one that, right, that one has raisins this one does right? karen <laughs> karen <laughs> okay but yes we are we and we actually you know we demand i have you know we have a, a colleague that I'm always he missed potluck one year and didn't bring his flan and I was like are you kidding me who does he think he is exactly. and does he want his job do like you want your job <laughs> shout out to Emilio but uh yeah no we we look forward to it and we think it's important and when you do break bread and when you invite that in I think it does just it creates a culture of sharing and if these organizations were open to that and I mean in a real way then they would have it too. There's no magic that we're we're making here. We just say yeah. it's don't okay. Say, don't say that. It's you okay. Can tell them that it's, it's magic and go ahead and consult. Well, <laughs> you know, we can show you the way. I think it is magical because the, a lot of the conversations that we have with people, whether they're in advertising or work wherever, is that they don't feel safe at work, right? To bring their authentic selves, whoever they are. So the fact that people actually bring that into the workplace and it's in full sight for you to see at the top and say hey we can utilize that that's actually the real deal um that's magical today because it's just it's not widespread for everybody to grab onto i agree with that so going back to to you like we we I, I want to say studied. I don't know, Sam, if you would consider it studied. I did. I stalked a little bit. I, I was, was like, very, we kind I of was been very studying. intrigued. <laughs> We've been studying Byron's work. We've been studying, you know, his his rise yeah. uh, within the industry. Um, we did some work on Uniworld. We've watched, you know, Boomerang at least three times a year. But for you, be, and and I don't like the term unicorn, but I do want to acknowledge the rarity of having a woman at the head of a very not only male dominated but white male dominated industry and leading not just what uh other people that i've heard say you know like the targeted brands not just trying to lead things that maybe uh black and brown people would like but you guys work with like colgate you guys work with um uh military you know clients 
what is that like for you? And, and what does that feel like for you to be in your position? And then the follow-up to that is, what would you say for women that aspire to be in your position? Um, what should they keep in mind as they go along their journey? Well, you're probably going to hear something you don't want to hear, but it's still, it's lonely. It's lonely at the top. There's no doubt about that. Um, I think it's super important that you have your own board of directors. You know, you kind of expressed it earlier. I absolutely am just honored and blessed to have a circle of people that just continue to raise me up, whether it's, you know, my colleagues or if it's, you know, if I don't get it outside, I've got it, you know, in other places. So just making sure that I'm always being held up regardless of, you know, whether I screwed up today or not, um, or how many times did I screw up today. Oh, okay. Really, I was like, man, really, you do that too? Oh, all day long. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just a matter of, you know, you just try not to make the wrong mistake. Um, but no, it's super important that um, everyone understands that this is just super hard work. And at the end of the day, you've got to find and meet people where they are. I hope to always be in a situation, especially when I'm the only, that I am representing an opportunity for me not to be your last only, mm. right? I want to open your eyes and hopefully make it, I want to demystify mm. what you think we are or are not. It's a and pressure. I think it's so important. Well, it's 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 the the crown I wear, mm. right? Like that to me, that is my burden. My burden is to walk in that room with my head held high and let them know that we are not only worth it, mm. we are their future, mm. right? I tell clients all day, hey, these are growth markets. This is your future consumer in so many ways, and. I don't know how you have a marketing plan, strategy, or anything else over the next 10 to 50 years that shouldn't have people of color, intersectionality, and an understanding of culture at the core mm. of your strategies. I just don't know how you're gonna survive the browning of the world. Mm. I'm gonna let that sit Sorry, for a second. I was like, <laughs> I, I needed a minute. Yeah, just let me yeah. gather myself. It's, I think that's that yeah. whole point of the browning of America. Like we're already here. Yes. I think I saw a meme earlier, which kind of resonates with something I said to someone last week, where you, you, the world that we were raised for, the world that we were prepared for, no longer exists. Yes. Right. So if that is the case, then we literally have to change whatever strategy we thought was going to work because everything is upside down. Everything is different. And to your point, if you don't know who you're working with and who you're speaking to, you can totally mess up with that. Yeah. And I think that that maybe even speaks to a lot of what, you know, the mishaps that people keep calling out on right. social media. That's right. The fact that we even have a platform where people can say, I don't like your commercial. It's whack. It's whack. It didn't resonate. And the, and the art direction was poor. <laughs> right? Like, the fact that people even have a platform to say that means that we're just in a different space. So thank you for wearing that yeah. crown and for owning the the owning the authenticity the the authentication of culture and making sure that we are moving in a direction that allows us to be honest with how we market and, yeah. and human with how we market we can feel it yeah it, it also just kind of puts a battery in my back and probably for other people who are going to listen to this to step into these rooms 
knowing that you deserve to be there because we're the stewards of the culture. Like we live this every single day. They're, we're the ones who push these memes or push these, these things that push culture forward. And so for a lot of the people that we meet, I think they question whether explicitly or subconsciously, whether or not they deserve to be in these spaces. And because we're the experts on this, I think what you just said is we deserve to be there. And when we're stepping into these interviews or in these client meetings, it's bringing that knowledge that we have and not being afraid to to show that you're you're different or you're other than the people who are on the other side of the table. And that diversity matters. It really does, right? Everyone talks about it. And, you know, we can look to all the studies, the McKinsey's, the Bain, you know, we've got all of this data. Uh-huh that tells you, right, if you have a diverse team, gender alone is going to increase your revenues by 15%. Who doesn't want that? And then if you introduce ethnic diversity, it goes up 35%. Who doesn't want that? You need to say that that again for some people's uh, uh, inclusion directors. They need to hear that again. (laughs) Who doesn't want that 15% bump, a 35% bump? You don't like money? You don't like money? <laughs> I, they I didn't grow up where I grew up, I but that's never, for sure. I just don't get it. So then I, I wonder, is that, you know, then I got to wonder, is it stupidity or racism or both? I, I was like, is that mutually exclusive? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We know they're not. Okay. We know they're not. But, you know, You're when, so kind. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like to do the double. You know, oh, the two let us do all. it. Let us do it. We'll, we'll own that. All. But, yeah, no, it's it's – it's a it's a challenge and it's certainly going to be it's a mindset right like we're really not talking about dni we're talking about organizational transformation for a lot of these places you're not going to change this overnight you're not going to be able to just make it a welcoming environment somebody's got to be intentional about what they want that environment to feel like look like smell like and you know be on the other side of that and as you're talking about it bringing people in it's easy to bring people in. It doesn't mean that they're going to feel like they belong. I think that's very, very well said. Um, so with that, we're going to close out because we know folks got to be honored tonight and also they need to hit the wine bar. Um, I'll be first in line as usual. But with that, right there with you. before that, I do want to say thank you so yes, much. Thank you. I cannot express my gratitude. I know sometimes people are like, oh, but you say that to everybody. And it's because we truly mean it. We won't sit with you if we don't like you. We don't have to do that. Yes. It's not the lunch table. Yes. Um, and people we, are in our DMs all the all time. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, mm. We don't say yes to everyone. <laughs> we don't. Um, so it really means a lot that you're here. It means a lot to hear your story. And I'll say this from my perspective. It feels very real. Whatever my next 15 years feels like it feels very real and, and and even more attainable than it did yesterday sitting with you here today so thank you so welcome yeah. I, I want you both come replace I, me I'm, I'm super ins- <laughs> don't I'm, tempt I'm, me with a good time I'm super inspired <laughs> like that was because there was this mystery around it mm-hmm. um, like oh shit how did she how did she do that and it's it's such who a who did she pay off yeah it's <laughs> such a realistic story and and you were dropping terms and now I need to go home and Google um, because we do need to know what that backstory looks like so that we can expand how we approach the situation so thank you for being candid thank you for being here we started this show to have the C-suite on it and you are the C-suite. You are the C-suite. Yes. Thank you guys. Shout out to Generational Wealth. Yes. yes. We can. We can build yes. on each other's.
prosperity. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. I love Let's it. I love it. it. And for if you guys want to continue to follow us or to want to learn more about UWG and Miss Monique Nelson, you can follow us on all the social media platforms at yeah. Ask Mixed Company. You can visit our website at mixedcompanypodcast.com. And of course, take a listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. I'm sure I'm missing something. SoundCloud. Sure, them too. Yes. All right, y'all. <laughs> we will be back with more. Y'all have a good one. Peace. Peace.